my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast, the season where there is no topic but there is Brian and Lisa doing a coaching experiment. And I'm now joined by Lisa. How are you going? I'm going well this week, actually. I'm starting to de-stress. I'm starting to feel better mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, the whole thing. So I'm sitting here with a smile on my face um, and I spent this morning way too long, actually, playing around with those um, silly little Apple emojis that have come on the new update. And (laughs) so it shows that I'm taking some time for me to just do some pointless things that um, are relaxing. Well, that's good. I'm imagining you sitting there like a little Zen Buddha, but I don't know what's going on at Apple. I think they've been taken over by a bunch of millennials and that latest update has just been full of absolute junk and it's full of bugs and it just doesn't work and it's um, annoying me. <laughs> well, I didn't have that experience. <laughs> I spent, as I said, I think I was like maybe nearly an hour making little emojis for my whole family. So <laughs> I can guarantee I've not had the time or the headspace or even contemplate doing something so silly and childish like that for a few weeks. So Take moral, that as a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Moral of that story is I'm slowly getting back into a bit more of a balance <laughs> in my life. That's very, very good. Maybe since you brought it up, we'll talk your update and a little bit of coaching first up. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how are Lisa's stress levels this oh, week? Look, uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm feeling so much better. I think I'm probably about – I've gone down to maybe about a 4 or a 5. Oh, right. That's quite a big drop. Yeah. So a big drop. And you know how last week we spoke about um, like making a stress list? I, I can't remember if I said I went and did this. Yeah. But I did do it and – I went through and sort of circled the three that you could action immediately and I've actioned those three and can I just say that like immediately I just felt this relief like I was just slowly taking off like just little bits of weight just like this imaginary backpack and it was slowly getting lighter and lighter so this morning I've sort of sat down and I've ticked those three off and then I've actually then as what um, the article suggests to do, then go back and have a look at your next three that you can start to tackle. So I've circled three more to tackle over the next, you know, however long until hopefully I can get back to a bit of equilibrium. Well, you've done pretty well getting getting back to four. I don't think I ever operated at four. I think I'm perpetually stuck stuck at above five. But um, that, that's good that you've managed to do that. Yeah, and do you know what's? Um, there's a few reasons why that shift has just dramatically happened. First of all, I have now mentally made that shift of of this training change that we're doing with the you know no locked in um, set days, no locked in set mileage. Uh, no locked in specific days for sessions. So that's taken a huge amount off. This particular, because I do a lot of project work, my project and you work in projects too, and you'd understand that. You just have these like crazy points where the project is so full on and then you sort of hit that milestone and then it just plummets where you pretty much nearly you're idling, twiddling your thumbs. So sort of I've hit that as well. I'm nearly at the tail end of my study. I've only got... Um, two exams to do, which is open book exams. And you only get basically a day to do those. So it's not like you can really stress about handing them in, you know, like an assignment, you've got 24 hours, to just get it done. And I think just having last week off and really acknowledging where I was at, 
stepping away, having some self-reflection, talking about it with people as well and, and really just calling out, like, I'm someone who often takes on a lot of other people's problems and that little miss fix it trying to help them and sort of put up my white flag and said you know what I'm like I'm struggling here so it was actually really nice for you know other people to sort of reach out constantly through the week going you know how are you going how are you feeling today so I think that's a really important takeaway too when you get to that point like just admit that you're there that you've you're exhausted you got nothing left <laughs> Asking for help. Who knew, who knew that that would who actually be helpful? <laughs> knew, yeah, exactly. And I'm terrible at asking for help. Like I really am. So Me too. Oh, it's, I, I don't know why. It's just it's, I think I see it as a, a weakness, which it's not at all because I feel great after asking for help. <laughs> so I am. Like I'm, I'm a four to five and feeling pretty good. That's excellent. And, yeah, making the stress list as we talked about in our last episode so titled has proved to be a winner so i think that was a very simple but powerful tool just to, to sit down and cross some things off your list yeah and i'll give you just a couple of examples so one of them i had on there was weekend travel you know we're always away and ironically i say this and we are going away this weekend to byron but this is a necessity to try and sort out the house but we had another trip penciled in for another couple of weeks and i just turned to my husband during the week and i said you know what i I actually can't do it. And we'd sort of scheduled away with some friends and I said, look, I'm, we may disappoint them, but, you know, I've if I'm going to take accountability and actually implement some of these changes, I, I can't do it. So that was one of the things we cancelled the weekend. And, again, like I said, those little weights just started to release and I'm just really happy that I made that decision. So, yeah, but anyway, so my week last week, I didn't do a lot, uh, as we had um, spoken about. <laughs> so I feel like I'm actually your best performing and, and favourite uh, athlete at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the only one, so that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, look, I did a total of 20 kilometres. Three Ks of that was walking. 17 Ks of that was gentle jogging. I did a 6K jog on the Wednesday. I did 11Ks on Sunday, both on my own, both with the heart rate and just timer on the watch. Um, and I hit the gym three times and loved the gym. I just can't believe how happy I was to be back in the gym and the running. I still felt like yesterday, I, uh, which was Sunday, my heart rate was pretty high for how slow. Mm. Okay, I shouldn't, using the word slow is wrong. In comparison to the other runs that I've been doing over the last, you know, few weeks, my average pace was 5.28 with a heart rate of 154. I think I mentioned to Mm. you, I actually had to stop a couple of times because it it jumped up to 170 once because a bird came at me and I'm I'm actually terrified. You're scared of birds. (laughs) I'm terrified of birds. I had a bit of a laugh at that. My heart rate just sort of went from 140 to 170. But then it jumped again later on and I, you know, sort of stopped, stretched and watched it drop back to the 130s. And my pace was 528, whereas I've been running, you know, low five minutes in around sort of 145s as a heart rate. So just sort of showed to me that there's still some recovery to be done and it didn't feel hard. But again, like the legs were still a bit, not not as tingly as they were the, the week before, mm. but it just, yeah, there was really just still more recovery that needed to be done. But with that said, you know, the day before, I'd, the two days prior, I'd been in like two full days of like this um, board of directors course and there was there was just a lot happening again. So 
I think it was the week that I needed. Yeah, I think so. And I think that heart rate coming or spiking, although still a sign that you're stressed, is definitely better in comparison to during the half when your heart rate was just tanking yeah. despite the fact that you were running quite quickly. So um, yeah. that seems like a more natural and I'm not going to say healthy response to stress, but at least one that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, definitely. And also during the week, you know, I went and got a massage, my hard massa- massage that I that I love that you... Uh... Uh, what's with the hard <laughs> massage? Like, you know, you know, Dr. Phil is not a fan of the hard massage and that's just another thing that I agree with him on. Like, it's supposed to be relaxing. I know, but it is. <laughs> like, it is relaxing. I just get a real kick out of the pain. Um, it's a little bit sadistic. Masochist. Yeah, I do. I love it. And I also had my amazing physio. So that was another reason for actually the week having been a recovery week sort of fitting in quite nicely because I was really banged up after having her and, and she said, you know, like my hip had really locked up and I had explained that that was the feeling that I had on the Sunday and the half that everything mm. really just got like really tight and locked. So from that perspective, everything's feeling quite balanced again and I feel like I'm now prepared to step into some actual training, albeit probably not, you know, high, high level, but actually doing something more than 20Ks. So why don't we talk about that? What what have you got in what's in what's popping into your mind for the the week ahead? And what have you got going on during this week? Yeah, so let's talk about what I've got going on. So flying to Byron Friday afternoon and then coming home late Friday, sorry, late Sunday evening. So it's just a really short trip. Today's Monday. Um, The other thing, I'm a single mum this week too, so (laughs) there's going to be a little bit of having to juggle things there. So today I've already done the gym, got up, got that done whilst uh, JT was still around and don't 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 want to run but also can't fit it in today the days that i have available to me to run are tuesday wednesday thursday saturday and sunday and the days available to do gym um, was today monday and then tuesday wednesday and thursday okay and you've already ticked off a gym so that one's good mm. why don't we try and pencil in as a second gym session yeah if we could yeah. should that happen on maybe thursday to give you a bit of recovery time yeah from... perfect i've got some time on thursday so gym thursday and then you can tick that off before you go away yep. have friday traveling i'm assuming yeah. so that'll be recovery well not recovery exactly no not traveling with a two and a five year old there's nothing no <laughs> um <Is it> just surviving <laughs> friday <laughs> exactly and so in terms of running, that leaves Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I wouldn't mind just because I've got the ability to hit the track this week, even doing something short, and I'm going to say sharp, but not, you know, not super crazy fast, but you know, on maybe Wednesday. Yeah, my initial reaction to going onto the track is not, I'm not super excited about that <laughs> given where you've just come from. But yeah, depending on what you had in mind, that might be, it might be okay. I was thinking, yeah, I think- you know how I said to you that I feel like um, I've been, like when I was doing those for, what did I do, eight by two minutes a couple of weeks ago, um, like I feel like I'm moving well when I'm doing my easy running. I feel like I've got this really nice mm-hmm. movement pattern for around that five-minute K, um, you know, aerobic heart rate. But I feel like I've just kind of turned a bit lopey on mm-hmm. the efforts. So mm-hmm. I feel like I need a bit more of a like drill strides and 
yeah, I don't know, maybe five by 200 with 200 walk or something. Um, mm. Even just working on like those first initial steps, like, you know, quick turnover, quick turnover, then really nice rhythm. I, I don't know what's going on with the the lopiness. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think you would enjoy that and find that to be non-stressful to roll out five 200s? Yes. I, I actually don't think mentally I could do like a, I don't know, four by three minutes or one, two, three, four, three, two, one. I think that would just be a really short, sharp, feel like I've done something a little bit different as well because I haven't done that in yep. years <laughs> and just being. And a bit of, jo- bit of jogging either end and, and a walk recovery in between each yeah, one. Yeah, 100%. And just take, and I've, I've got the nanny on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, you know, Wednesday evening, you know, even just focusing on doing some like good, good um, drills and activations. So it's it's not a hard session. It's even like a semi-recovery, some of it, doing some of mm. that activation work. Yeah, as long as you do your 200s with no straining, I think. Yes. And even, yeah, don't it could be one of those ones where the first one's quite slow and you just slowly roll into um, them roll into them and loosen up as you go. I couldn't tell you the last Almost time. Almost like strides. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell you the last time I did a 200 rep. So, yeah, I think that could be... So like five, two, walk, you think walk 200, walk across? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, walk 200, I think walk 200 is good. Let's have, let's have full recoveries. Yeah, and then drills, strides. And so how's the weekend going to play out? Is Saturday, because you're going to be travelling on Sunday, is Saturday a better day to do like a slightly longer run? It or? actually doesn't matter either or. I'm not, okay. not flying out until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So I've pretty much got both days free. And I can do majority of my week's training probably on the weekend. <laughs> 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 weekend warrior yeah, status. Yeah, okay. So, all right. So, Saturday is maybe, what, 30 to 40 minutes of easy jogging, do you think? Yeah, no, I can easily fit that in. And Sunday, yeah, this is a question mark. Why don't we, Why don't we in, play that one yeah. by ear? Yeah, or even work in ranges. Like I'm yeah. actually enjoying these, like, big ranges at the moment, whether it's, you know, like a 50 to 75 minutes and it's sort of, well, if you're getting out there and and it's feeling good at 50 minutes, we'll go Mm -hmm. for an extra five to 10 and and, and sort of just play the awareness card rather than being so stuck on needing to do X amount of time or distance. I I like that. And, yeah, I I think 50 to 75 is that's a pretty good, pretty good range to talk about. Yeah. And that, that means your week this week's going to be pretty low volume still. And I think that's important as given the, the, the methodology of cutting your training in half, if you get to the point where you're super stressed and burnt out, um, I still, I think even if you added up what we've just talked about, that would probably be, probably end up like me, come out at about 40K or maybe even slightly less. So. Yeah. Think that would think that would be good. Yeah, no, no, and that's fine. And I, know, I think because again, like I've got the nanny and the weather. Like even just thirty minutes on a Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. if the head, mind, and body feel like they want to play. Yeah, and you've got gym on Thursday, so yeah, only do the jogging if you're feeling particularly good. Mm. I think enthusiastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's oh. sounds like a perfect perfect week. Yes, just an easy, relaxing week and just focus on enjoying each of those runs and, yeah, not feeling any pressure to do anything spectacular. Um, There will be nothing spectacular. All right, enough about me. Let's talk some running. You. 
just talk some running and I have been doing doing some running. So, um, I my week was fairly similar in structure to last week where I ran for four days. So, it had four days of running again this week, but there was a slight deviation. I managed to get into the gym, I think, on Tuesday morning, which then, yeah, felt like I could sort of bring forward my run or my session to Wednesday. And again, I basically set aside about an hour to go and do some of these sub-threshold intervals that we've been talking about. So, the way that planned out was I was I was a little bit undecided about what exactly what I wanted to do, but I thought, hey, why don't I try doing a couple of three-minute efforts? And if I am managing to hold my heart rate down, I'll do a few more of those, but my basic goal was to do more actual work than I'd done the week before, which I think was about 14 minutes in total where I did my seven by two minutes. So, I did I had a 14-minute warm-up jog and then I did a, a first three-minute effort, which was at around 428-kilometer pace, 151 heart rate. I then did two minutes jogging recovery, which is probably a mistake in hindsight. Um, probably should have just made that three minutes um, because I only then managed to get to two and a half minutes on the next effort. And that was pretty, that turned out to be a quite a bit slower pace as well. So I must have known that my heart rate was blowing and I was slowing down towards the end. So that was an average of 453. Uh, I did another two minute rest or two minute recovery. And then I basically decided I can, I'm only fit enough to do two minutes still. So I'm just adjusting it on the fly. Mm. So the next two minute effort was at 423. The next one was at 422. And heart rates there were both 152. And where did I go from there? 425 at about a 150 heart rate average and a 428. And then another 428, and they were kind of 156 and 154 heart rate average, respectively. So I think I ended up with about 15 and a half minutes of of work, which was, yeah, I did achieve my goal of doing a little bit more than the week before, but probably a little bit off. I think I, I, think I was still uh, like you, you're carrying around a little bit of residual stress from a couple of things and definitely something in that the week before, I just felt completely ready to go on the Thursday, which is probably not surprising because I'd had three days <laughs> off. Um, but, yeah, the, I, I got it done. So I suppose that you could say I ticked the box with that one. It wasn't anything amazing and I had to make some adjustments to that session on the fly because I, I wasn't really up to the level of fitness required to to kind of do, I think I was thinking I might do five or six by three minutes or something like that. So um, had to scale back my ambitions, but in the end got it done. So it was good. It's progress. Mm. It's progress, that one. Mm. Uh, it's good to ended up um, having... acknowledge like that 15 minutes of work. Oh, that's something I reckon that I need to turn my mind to a bit. I don't know if it's spoken yeah. about a lot either of that, well, how much hard work are you doing in your overall session? Yes. And like how's that relative to what you're training for? Exactly. And, yeah, my short-term goal is to kind of get that up to about 20 minutes worth of work, which is kind of like your baseline for doing some kind of threshold training, whether that be an unbroken 20-minute block or broken up into these cruise-type intervals that we've been doing. And, yeah, it just kind of shows that, you know, not really fit enough to train at that level just yet, but I, I feel like it's probably about a week away from from now to when I could do 20 minutes or so of, of thresh, sub-threshold type work within the session. You know, the other thing I was thinking about is um, the recoveries. 
even though you're jogging or doing whatever you're doing to recovering, you're still spending time as your heart rate comes down within that kind of sub-threshold zone. So, you know, I'm spending at least a minute or so of those recovery jogs. So what does that give you? Another like six minutes of time Mm. where you're physiologically in that kind of heart rate zone. So that's maybe an argument for why that kind of broken up into intervals type of training maybe might even give you a disproportionate benefit or it certainly makes it easier to accumulate fitness than trying to do the big unbroken blocks Mm. something i was thinking about during the week Mm. so probably getting you know 20 minutes actually why don't i just go into that because i've got data (laughs) let me tell you yeah interestingly i probably spent half an hour in that kind of marathon pace up to up to threshold or marathon intensity up to threshold during that session so half an hour out of an hour total of mm. running. So it's probably quite a bit of stimulus really to for fitness, even though even though as described, only did about what fifteen and a half minutes of actual work at pace. Mm. Oh hey, food for thought. And I just I really don't see it, you know, documented or spoken about that much unless I'm looking in the wrong places. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm sh- I'm sure someone would have like. There's not many original new ideas when it comes to running training so i'm sure someone's covered it before but yeah it's certainly not something that's i've come across at least explicitly stated mm. but yeah may, maybe it had maybe i have and i've just forgotten about it because i do have a terrible memory as you know so <laughs> <laughs> anyway so that was the session i had th- ended up having thursday off because of yeah just couldn't fit in a run so friday was then a friday i managed to get on friday 52 odd minutes of easy running done so a little over nine kilometers averaging 540 kilometer pace and i think my average heart rate for the whole run was 132 so nice and cruisy just accumulating some kilometers and saturday i basically decided yeah decided i was tracking pretty well kilometers wise for the week compared to the week before so i basically decided to try and get in an extra gym session so i did um i did some jogging easy jogging of about six and a half k's worth for nearly 40 minutes um, and that was at 123 heart rate average so really nice and comfortable to save a bit of energy for the gym and then went to the gym afterwards and i smashed my quarter squatting personal best lisa so <laughs> I've become a quarter squat animal managed to get it up to 125 kilograms so um i can't squat low but i can quarter squat a decent amount of weight at the moment uh, that's, good sign. that is a good sign well i was patting myself on the back for doing a 40 kilo full squat today so i'm not far off my full body weight yeah well if you're doing full squats as well that's not easy so um significantly easier doing what I'm doing in that more limited range to shift a bit more weight. Um, Yeah, do you know what? It's not uh, so much like the weight. I actually find it okay on my legs, but it's on my neck and my shoulders, just Mm. that bar. I know I don't really have any padding at all on my – You need a pad. (laughs) No, I've I've got – I have that black pad they have at the gym, but maybe I need like double, I don't know, double padding black pad because I'm just sort of – you know, typical Possibly. typical distance runner. There's there's not much muscle going on in the upper body. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember when I, I posted my quarter squatting on Instagram and Dave Costello, the strength coach from from Sydney, he sort of picked up that he reckoned I was putting the bar a little bit 
too much on my on my neck rather than across my upper back and shoulders so it might be just worth checking in to see where you've got that bar positioned yeah um, no i think it is just a shame that i've kind of just got bones everywhere up the top <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> fair enough it All is good. a good thing to watch anyway well done on your on your pb yes so good keep it so yeah managed to get two strength sessions for the week which is good because i haven't really i think i've sort of been getting at least one and occasionally two so it was good to get two in the week and that brought me to sunday and i just in my mind i just thought it's time to run that long hard forest loop that i i was doing earlier in the year but haven't been fit enough to do for obvious reasons being sick and just building back up so i sort of set myself up for a couple of hours of running because I thought that might be how long it would take me and I man- managed to get it done and it felt pretty good and the total session time was actually two hours and five minutes and I covered nearly 22 kilometers mm, and the average heart rate was 136 oh, wow. which is actually pretty good considering the amount of hill climbing but I was particularly conservative early on and you did ask me whether I walked my first kilometer <laughs> because that was 725 but I was actually fair question well let's let's call it yeah fair question um let's call it running but yeah I was actually jogging and I think one of the reasons why it was a bit slower than my normal kind of low low to mid six-ish kilometer pace first kilometer was that I was just kind of weaving my way through a forest path and yeah that was kind of slowing me down a bit but yeah 725 first k and whilst it wasn't the same kind of start to the run as I did last week because this the big loop takes you in a different direction the the early parts of it are quite uphill so I think I had like a 6.20 after the 7.25 and then a 6.07 and a 6.22 and a 6.07 and then got over the top of the first set of climbing and I just concentrated during this next phase of running as easily and within myself as possible because I knew I had the big climb coming up later on. So it was then like a 5.29, a 5.42, a 5.43, a 5.34 and a 5.44 and they were all at heart rates between 129 and 132. So I was really conscious of keeping my um, my effort levels down because then I had to run up the hill, which was the 544 was the start of that. And then it was a 559, a 612, a 553, a 609. And heart rates through that period, I sort of averaged between sort of 147, 147-ish, 145, 147, which was pretty good for getting up that hill. I didn't push it as hard as I probably have in previous times because it was the first time back. And where was I? I was probably at about 14Ks by the time I got over that big hill and then it was like from 15K, it was 525, 513, 515, 531, 527, 510 and then warm down 545. Mm. So, yeah, big, big run, Lisa, and possibly, I don't know, or maybe I was ready for it, like a... I was thinking afterwards, I thought maybe I did too big a jump because I basically added half an hour onto what I did <laughs> the week before for the long run. But what I did do to adjust it was really go quite easily through key sections of that run so I didn't kind of exhaust myself. Body has pulled up pretty well afterwards. Like I definitely knew that I'd done done a long run and I could feel it in my legs, but I wasn't completely shattered. So I, I think I may have got away with it, even though it was a bit of a risk. Mm, I think you're possibly maybe half marathon ready. 
I think yeah. I am, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have actually entered now. So you, you said, asked me last week where I committed. So put my entry in over the weekend. So I'm entered in the half marathon at the run for the cause in Ballarat. And yeah, having a look at the course, a little bit of running in Victoria Park, crossing over Sturt Street and then running around Lake Wendaree. Oh, okay, I haven't nice. quite determined whether it's on the gravel track or on the road, not quite sure. It'll, if it's on the road, it'll be a bit quicker. Mm. But definitely feel like I'm fit enough to run the half now. And I think where I'm going to go with my training in the next couple of weeks in particular is to try and really nail some of that sub-threshold running and I'm not going to try and push out my long run any further. In fact, next week I might even cut it back a bit so I can just focus on getting some of that, uh, probably some unbroken threshold running because I really need that sort of specific being able to hold a nice steady pace um, to be able to do the half effectively. Mm. Well, are we going to put a time on it? Uh, I'm going to try and run as close to 90 minutes as I can and look at all. It's a bit in the lapse of the gods at the moment, but assuming training continues to go well, and, you know, get a good day or it's not too windy, then, yeah, it should be possible to, to get close to 90 minutes, I think. But if I don't, then, yeah, that'll be okay as well. But I think whatever happens on the day of the race, I'll just be approaching it in exactly the same way as I did that 15K road race a few months back at Lake Wendery where I just kind of started that nice and steadily and ran to heart rate for the first probably the yeah in fact i ran to heart rate probably for at least the first 10k in that that race before i started to wind things up and with the half it'll be yeah running to heart rate for the first 10 mile 10 miles or 16 kilometers and then see how close i am or how well i'm going and really try and work home in the last 5k mm-hmm. so that's great so this one's going to be a not a performance, but a see where Brian's at. But I was uh, scrolling through Twitter this morning and I saw uh, the Toronto Half Marathon. A gentleman ran as a banana and he ran 75 minutes and it made me think, <laughs> like, that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that's insane. When, when's Brian donning his uh, Don Oh, I forgot all about Don that. <laughs> I haven't been avoiding it, but um, yeah, you'll have to leave that with me. Sorry, just that one completely slipped my mind. I still feel like that's a that's a park run exercise (laughs) because I think park runs are nice, uh, relaxed, and safe space for being Don Draper. Oh well, look, you do see all types of get ups in those large, you know, fun run events. So maybe that's yeah, you can meet up with like a bumblebee and a unicorn, and you can all run together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, good. So you've got a few weeks, three or four weeks, half marathon, been running along well. Getting there. And sorry, I didn't, I think just to put a full stop on that, I think what was my mileage for the week? It was 48 kilometres. So our four days of running, that's not bad going. So, yeah, I I think I'll probably stick around that kind of, high 40s to 50k mark for the next few weeks and not try and push ahead much in terms of mileage until probably after this half i'd say i think that'd be a good little plateau to to stay at for a little while but just sort of focus on progressing uh my training within that kind of sort of 50k window of effort Mm, it'll be a good experiment too leading into the topic that we're going to talk about how little can you do uh, <laughs> um, and, for you know, for a a pretty good result. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, maybe we should talk about that because our topic for the week is minimalist marathoning. After this, 
So I'm not sure the words minimalist and marathoning <laughs> necessarily go together, Lisa, but that's our topic that we've decided to kick around probably for selfish reasons that we're both probably not naturally high mileage kind of animals. And you've obviously set yourself a performance goal to, to try and crack the three-hour marathon barrier. And I've been tasked with trying to get you to the start line healthy and uninjured. Mm. <laughs> and and part of that approach is to probably not do any more volume than is absolutely necessary to put you in a position where you can get close to, achieve, or if not achieving that goal. So yeah. What have you been thinking about in terms of minimalist marathon? Well, um, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, you talk about doing a marathon and especially in the circles of, of runners, irrespective of what level they are at, runners are typically obsessive by nature and for some reason this, and I think especially with the likes, you know, your, your garments and your Stravas, this obsession of counting Ks and, and doing more and it's, in a way, it's like a competition amongst even peers. And I did 90Ks this week, I did 100Ks, whatever it is. And you don't ever really hear the flip side of that, people saying, oh, I only ran 60Ks and I ran 250 for a marathon. How many people have you heard say that? Not that many, although there are – I've got a couple of anecdotal stories and, yeah, there's at least one story of a a guy I know or at least I'm acquainted with from – a former work colleague, and when he was, I think he was in the 55 age group, he ran the Melbourne Marathon in about 2 hours and 46 off 50Ks a week. Now, that wasn't quite the full story because I know he is doing some cycling to complement his kind of aerobic base work, Mm. Um, but that's a pretty small number in terms of running, training, especially for a 55-year-old guy, although, you know, obviously – packing a fair amount of talent to be able to do that but does sort of sort of demonstrate that it is possible to to run pretty fast over the marathon not on huge mileage yeah and i think where this is coming from is you know if you want to do you know have your best performance ever there is a, a sweet spot in the number of k's and i'm sure you know there's been studies and tests and done with people that are a lot smarter than me but i'm not intending you know for this marathon to go out and run the fastest that i think that i can possibly run i think i've set a modest goal uh, and i think it's modest in relation to you know just some of my performances previously and then you sent through an article written by and I, i'm sorry i can't remember the name of who wrote it and he had a little table of uh, i guess some modest goals around you know male and female and also age categories around the marathon and three hours was you know male i think 315 was for female and then had a couple of parameters of Enable to actually break those times, you need a certain level of talent, um, you know, to go along with the minimalist type of mileage. So there, there are a couple of caveats. I think I yeah, fall into to that category. One of his was um, running sub nineteen for a five k. So tick can have um, do that, but really just want to test this concept of instead of getting so addicted to ticking off the k's and being a bit of a slave to the the slog and the grind of marathon training, really work in well. What is the the least amount of mileage you can do? And I guess it's that whole train smarter, not harder. Yeah, it is. And look, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to like pick you up on the modest goal because <laughs> <laughs> okay. because I, I think um, I think I think the 
the goals that that gentleman and I don't think he actually had his name on the article, so that's why we can't remember it. But he was basically sort of saying that as a performance goal for the general public, like three hours for a male is like a significant and quite, you know, it's, a, it's an achievable goal, but it's it's definitely not an easy goal and and 315 for females was sort of in the same category which which makes three hours for a female and you being a female (laughs) still i think it's quite a challenging goal and yeah i don't especially in the context of all of the other stuff you've going on i I think it's still going to be a challenge to kind of to kind of crack that that goal particularly with this um this minimalist approach that we're adopting for um reasons as much as necessity as well as probably preference um so yeah i I still think it's a it's going to be a a challenge to um to to crack that and not to be underestimated yeah and look you know if i had all the time in the world you know if running was my job of course you know i'd love to be doing the high mileage because then you know you can recover and you can do all of those one percenters that enable you to to run the the high mileage but um at this point in time in my life I don't have that and one of the things when I was reflecting back having a look at some of old training diaries and even last year I remember you know sort of week after week turning up to do some of the sessions with my group in amongst the marathon and I constantly was saying I'm really tired like I'm really tired and the coach was sort of saying oh you know I'm I'm surprised that you haven't adapted to all of this yet. Um, And I was only just getting into the 70Ks a week then. Like it wasn't, we're not talking, you know, 100, 150 here. It was only 70Ks. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm tired. I don't know what else to say. You know, with everything else going Mm -hmm. on, this is, this is all feeling just a little bit too much. But instead of stepping it back, like I continued that gradual, you know, 75, 80, I think I maxed out Mm -hmm. in the mid 80s. And it all really just sort of fell apart. (laughs) That's what's made me take this approach. And then just going back and having a look at some of my old training diaries, you know, I ran 84 minutes for a half marathon off zero half marathon training. It was all speed based. And I think my average Ks per week was sort of 40 to 50. And don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. I know the marathon is another beast on top of (laughs) a half marathon. So I'm not going to say that I'm going to be doing you know, the 40 to 50, I think over that Christmas period when work, you know, really just relaxes and I've got some holidays, I think I can get back up and nudge the 70 to 80. But it's not going to be that regimented, you know, 70, 80, 80, 80, 85, 85, 90, like we were looking at last time. Definitely. And just for the sake of clarity, we're sort of talking minimalist marathoning in terms of trying to hit this three-hour performance goal that you've sort of set yourself. Like you could pretty much be as minimalist as you like in terms of completing a marathon um, without like a whatever your level of um, ability is without sort of setting yourself a a huge um, and stressful goal. So, yeah, we are kind of like playing at the margins in terms of, yeah, how, how fast could Lisa run given a relatively modest level of of mileage and look at i'm gonna we'll probably do another episode on although we've done a marathon season i've i've ordered the third edition of advanced marathoning and that's coming 
by the mail. And I'm going to use it as an excuse to go back and just review Hanson's and Daniel's and a few of the other kind of major marathon programs and just kind of see where their kind of baseline is for mileage and the composition of the programs for what they recommend as what you can get away with when you've got a performance goal like you mm-hmm. have. Just off the top of my head, I'm kind of thinking it's it's in that sort of 50 miles, 80 k's a week. Usually, uh, I think is where they they sort of have them in the some sort of intermediate kind of program pitched at that level. So yeah, uh, uh, and we're not going to be able to do that with you week on week. But as you've said, I think we can definitely have a few weeks, perhaps when you're on holiday, where we can um, kind of nudge up the mileage a bit and specifically target that during that period and adjust the other running accordingly. Mm. But that article that you brought up, and I will link it uh, link it up in the show notes, is, is really is quite entertaining and potentially insightful. But, yeah, it's by a gentleman who says that he broke three hours at the age of about 50 for the first time after overcoming a whole bunch of injuries and his left field strategy. And, you, you know, I like yep. my left field strategies. <laughs> hey, if he was 50 when he did it, you've still got time up your sleeve. I have, yeah, well, I, I've, I think I still do have time. But yeah, he was, he basically sort of broke it down to its complete nuts and bolts and was like, well, what do I, I'm just going to do only the specific training that I need to achieve this three hour marathon goal, which essentially involved running three times a week. But every one of those runs was a specific session designed for the marathon with perhaps the the exception of his um his yasso's 800s (laughs) which were sort of done at kind of like goal 5k pace but the rest of them were pretty much a in addition to the 800s it was then like a marathon pace tempo run um, which increased in distance over the series of 10 weeks and then it was sort of like long runs with easy running, a bit similar to what I've been doing, actually, like really easy over the first hour, hour and a half, with then some marathon pace work tacked on to the end of them. And that was his that was his marathon program. Mm. So I kind of like that in terms of minimalism because it was just do enough to get the job done. And obviously that suited him, but I'm not sure for, for you and I the three sessions a week model is going to work, but like a couple of sessions a week with other stuff around it, very specifically targeted the marathon, I think is going to give us hope of getting somewhere near that Yeah, goal. look, I liked his principles and that is, well, let's just strip away all of the fluff or the nice-to-haves and let's just get really specific what's going to get me to achieve this goal. But what I liked about his program is if you strip away that three-hour goal, it's in a way, it's a bit of a like a minimalist program for anyone who's wanting to tackle the marathon or maybe from that novice end or, you know, a time poor person that, you know, they might want to do it in four hours or five hours. And if yeah. Weekend warrior yeah, program. Weekend, exactly. So anyone that's pretty much, well, I know I'm time poor, but I've got this great goal of, you know, doing whatever, Tokyo Marathon, Chicago, you know, and I'm a night shift or, you know, family commitments or whatever. Let's just get in these bare minimums that is going to get my body used to what I'm about to go and do yeah. without, you know, basically ending up in a hole like I did last week. <laughs> yes. And look, if you again, maybe setting aside the 800s that you had in there, which we're probably going to do more as specific 
speed work. Um, he's probably got them in there as like a VO2 max kind of stimulus, but I'm thinking for, for you and I, the occasional, like what we talked about earlier, just rolling out some 200 strides or 300s or whatever it is, might be the, the supplement for just keeping the legs turning over. But aside from that, what he's doing is he's working on endurance and aerobic fitness with that very long, slow start to his long run. He's working on the ability to run at marathon pace under fatigue following that and after depleting um, his glycogen stores. So that's very specific to the marathon. And on the the tempo running day at marathon pace, he's essentially addressing that increasing your lactate threshold, which is the other thing you need to be able to do to run a marathon at a at a quicker pace. So so the 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 second and third part of what he's outlined there is essentially what we've been talking about doing as our kind of minimalist marathoning approach Mm -hmm. and definitely lines up well with that and i'll link this up as well in the show notes that um, article by front runner performance so they're the coach or coaches of um, rochelle rogers who went to the world championships recently and they had that nice article about just working on what are those specific things you need to do to be able to break three hours for the marathon and they also had some data in there about like minimal mileage from their training group and and I think it was again it was probably similar to what I said earlier sort of somewhere in around that sort of high 70s to 80ks a week I think was the the lowest mileage of any of their athletes who broke 3 hours for the mm. marathon. Okay, well that's good to good to know. I think like the minimalist approach as well and especially maybe for first time marathoners is around that injury prevention and that's another reason why I am taking this approach of the the minimalist marathoner. You know, how many times do you read or hear or, or see that you know, first-timers, they're on this path and they've gone from basically zero to hero in their Ks and then they hit three-quarters of the way through the program and, you know, injury strikes. So, you know, I think this is a nice approach to avoid that too, as, as we keep saying, get to the start line, 80% underdone, 100% healthy. Exactly. So where do we go from here, Lisa? Well, you're going to go and do some more study on uh, <laughs> on some of your, your favourites to to see what the minimal, you know, the minimal that they actually recommend. I'm happy with my decision that it's sort of max 80Ks and everything else in amongst it. I actually just want to talk about like the duration, if we're um, speaking of minimalists, like mm. how many weeks does this, you know, I'm, I'm using inverted commas here, marathon program need to be, mm. or because we're looking at it from maxing out at 80, that we're not actually ever mm. really starting a marathon phase. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's probably it's probably the latter, uh, but then now I think I'm going to contradict myself by saying that there will be some specific things that we're going to try and achieve in training around those sessions. So the three run a week program that we've mentioned was super structured. It was basically like the threshold run gets longer every week and it maxes out at a certain amount of Ks and um, same for the um, the marathon pace effort at the end of the long run. It gets longer um, and maxes out at a certain um, duration. I think there's some key markers that we'll need to hit along those lines, but I would rather hit them through using like the time and heart rate as our guide for effort as we sort of work our way and get a bit fitter rather than trying to hit the goal marathon pace in a lot of those sessions from day one. 
particularly in the ones at the end of the long run. Um, and then as we get sort of closer to the marathon, we'll sort of check in and say, well, how comfortable is it to go and run 16 kilometres at uh, 4.15 kilometre pace, which is your three-hour marathon pace? Um, and if, if that session gets ticked off really easily, we'll know that you're kind of in the ballpark. Again, getting back to the question of how long, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get into a complete block i mean perhaps perhaps the the uh the article that we're referring to at 10 weeks is probably in the spirit of minimalism 10 weeks is a is a pretty good um stretch of time to focus on specific marathon pace stuff although he obviously had the caveat of you need to be at a particular point of fitness before you start that that's right that was the that was the second point wasn't it i knew there was two points yeah, exactly. So, and it's it's going to be similar for all of the programs that are in. Uh, so, advanced marathoning. I think they've got like twelve and eighteen week programs in there, and I, th- I think we're going to be on the low end of that if we do start sort of thinking, okay, we've got to a reasonable level of fitness now, and we've got X number of weeks to go until the marathon. I, th- I think we'll probably just sort of end up looking at the time we have left and fitting what we can do into that in the in the true spirit of minimalism, rather than trying to force it from the from the outset, we'll we'll just adapt to the amount of time and capacity that you have to to do certain workouts um, as you get closer to the to the race mm. day. Well, look, I'm really interested in this as an experiment because you know my first off marathon in New York. I can't really comment on whether or not like that level of training was good or not, you know, whether I felt underdone or whatever, just because I was sick. Um, and then eventually, obviously, my knee was had gone. But just thinking uh, to the my training partner and obviously JT who went over, they both said, oh, come around that 34, 35 Ks, they sort of really struggled and, and fell apart and they felt a bit underdone. I don't really have that same like level of commentary because I, I just it, mm-hmm. it was really swayed by external factors. So yeah. I'm really keen to to come out of it and go like nailed it. That's exactly what I need. And yeah. you know, if I ever want to run, you know, two whatever, then we need to start upping the mileage. Or holy crap, that was the biggest disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, this is the thing about learning about the marathon for both of us is like, you know, we won't really know until we get a few more marathons on the board and try a few different preparations in the lead up to them um, as athletes about what's the best way to approach it for us. But I'm, I'm liking the leaning towards, and I think I might've spoken about this before, like focusing more on your strengths. And I think we spoke about that at some stage, but yeah, I'm I'm finding for myself as well, focusing on the things that I enjoy and that I'm good at as levers in the training, I think uh, reduces a lot of stress and increases your enjoyment level um, of the training. And that's got to count for mm. something. And look, I'll be honest, I've been thinking about this type of minimalist approach for quite a while now. I was listening to a podcast out running. It must have been early on in the year. I actually think it was uh, Louis Rowan, who admittedly was is an elite, was an elite five uh, k yeah. runner, and mm-hmm. it was on the Inside Running podcast. And I thought his interview was was excellent. He was really he's Mister Steigen. Yeah, I think he's he Mister Steigen. Um, yes, but he just made some really great comments that hit home with me. And he was like, you know, I only did no more than eighty k's a week. Like I ran exceptionally off low volume, and I just didn't need to really do anymore and you know, I think I've worded that poorly as to how he did it the message came across really well when he said it 
And I just sort of planted this little seed going, yeah, like you've really just got to think about yourself. Hey, like don't get sucked into mm. people running 40K sessions on Strava and yeah. you know, all, all of these other things because there really are so many ways that people are doing it because we're all very, very different. Yeah, exactly. And look, we won't go into this one in huge detail because we've been talking for a while already, but I think we could almost devote an entire episode to pouring over Sean Crichton's (laughs) (laughs) preparation for the Melbourne Marathon where he broke the 50-plus Australian record for the marathon, went under two hours 30, and his approach, I would, whilst I wouldn't describe it as completely minimal, was definitely minimalist in in uh, philosophy because it was stripping out stripping away a lot of um, extraneous bits and pieces and keeping it fairly yeah. simple but yeah he his approach was definitely not one that I would say is sort of completely out of the box for someone who um, has been an elite runner and not only is he the 50 plus record holder for the marathon he, he was the Australian record holder for the 10k at one stage so but yeah he, I've been enjoying particularly some of those snippets you've been sending me about his easy yeah, runs amazing. and his and his yeah. long runs just how slow yeah. they are comparative I shouldn't say slow but comparative Talent. to his yeah. level of ability a lot of his runs are at a pace that that I could happily keep up at so that sort of tells you something that you don't need to be kind of bashing it out too hard unless you've got a specific reason to and that's when you get into those specific sessions where you go right these are the days where I'm going to um, turn on the tap and the rest of the time I'm just going to run easily and allow myself to recover and or just accumulate some more aerobic Yeah, fitness. I've been enjoying looking at his training for that. He's sort of making me feel better about my six-minute Ks that I often do on a, <laughs> on a cool down. But, you know, even some of the commentary that it sounds, you know, it's obviously very intuitive. You, you don't become Australian record holders um, without having that level of, you know, intellect and, and ability. But Tempo runs, four-minute Ks, and, and can mm-hmm. still run a 229 marathon. You know, didn't get hung up about it. It just is what it was for the day and just really, I think, clever training. Definitely not forcing it. He was just literally following that approach of only doing what his body was prepared to give on any given yeah. day. And that's definitely something that we've got to keep reminding ourselves yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. So minimalist um, challenge accepted. <laughs> Yeah, very good. And you've got your Strava going, haven't you? But it's probably not. Uh, public, yeah, I've got a I've got a might. private Strava. You can always follow me if you if you wish to see my yeah. minimalist, slow heart rate approach. I think that'll be good to document it so that we can sort of look back after this experiment and see what you were doing at which stage yeah. of the build up. Hopefully, be able to go to school and reflect on that for future campaigns. Yeah, exactly. Agree. Sounds good. Well. I'm going to go forth and continue with my minimalist half marathon training <laughs> in the hope of getting close. It's funny, you're trying to break three hours for the marathon and I'd be happy to break 90 minutes for the half at the moment, which is the same pace but just for half as long. I like that as a goal. You never know. You <laughs> might find yourself feeling so good at that pace you could just keep on going. Uh, unlikely at this stage, but, um, yeah, may- maybe in a few years' time I'll be like the guy who cracked it at 50 and uh, – yeah, I think I need a little bit more time to to work on that fitness and get more experience. But yeah, it's not out of the realms of possibility. No, don't give up, Brian. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Excellent. All right. Well, on that note, don't you give up either. And we'll look forward to chatting to you again next week. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you later.